Good evening, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Any more questions? <laughs> no, you're in a wonderful mood this evening. What's up with you? I am... Um, I'm in okay humour. I was busy enough all day and I... I'm nearing the end of it. Good. So you're you're just hoping to shake off the shackles of, of a Monday. Yes. Yeah, Monday. I completely sympathise. Today is Blue Monday. Blue Monday, yeah. Uh, uh, seemingly. Uh, I was looking at that and research seems to suggest... I've been watching that... pornography to celebrate. <laughs> to release those endorphins. Mm. It reminds me of a song. Um, it's not what I plan to talk about this evening at all, but since you brought it up, a song sort of known as the Hungarian suicide song called Gloomy Monday. Have you heard that? Not personally. It's a, to be honest, it's a, it's a fantastic song. It is super depressing. It's about a person whose lover has died and they're trying to decide whether they should join them in the afterlife early by uh, offing themselves. It's, 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 it's a sad song, but it's very beautiful uh, from... I think between the 30s and the 50s, uh, um, maybe earlier. But it's worth looking up, uh, especially on a day like today. Hmm. Put you in a good humour for the day. It absolutely put you in a good humour for the day. Also on that, uh, maybe we'll touch on it later, just because it's a topic that I've, I've, I've found pretty interesting. But Phil Spector died. Yeah, now he's a spectre. <laughs> yes, it, you, it just spelled slightly differently, uh, which... Mixed feelings, but it's something that I think we we could talk about because let's face it, it's we're not always able to talk about health, and he's a he's an interesting figure in that mind frame of divorcing art from the artist. But before we get to that, how is everything? How's how's your sprints going? Sprints haven't been going. Instead, this week I went climbing Tontin and playing basketball. Fantastic! You're really gung ho on the basketball. I'm enjoying it. It's it's a fun thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, any kind of competitive sport that you can do with other people, especially right now, is is going to be supremely helpful for both body and mind. I was slam dunk. No, I wasn't slam dunk. Doing some funky dunks. Fall into the net. Are you just playing on your own now, or you still have people around the area you can you can do it with? Just myself and one more. Okay. Lots of fun. Um, Are you winning? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Okay. And uh, so you're you're not doing your sprints, Kane for Well, largely because I was really busy last week. Sure, sure. With work and when I could get out, it was sort of it was getting late and dark, so it's easier to kind of head over there, which is closer. Yeah, but that's reasonable. I mean. The dark is, it's a really hard time to keep motivated. It feels like the day is ending far earlier than it does. And there's talk of a bit of snow on Wednesday. No way. Snow way. Word on the street is. Do you like snow? Do you you have good feelings about that? Bad feelings about that? Uh, I don't really like snow. Why not? Too white, if you ask me. Yep. We need more diversity in our weather. Um... Yeah, just, no, like, sometimes it's nice, but it's cold. I don't like cold. Certainly. I mean, I'm kind of cool with snow as long as it's proper snow, not that shitty, weedy, dirty Irish snow we get. Uh, That's never helpful for anyone. But I like snow in the right situation. It can be super good. 
I like I like proper snow the first day it's there. Well, that's the thing with the Irish snow. Like, we don't have the climate or we've got, you know, it's too wet usually because when it snows, it rains. And so the snow just becomes slush. But if you go to one of those like Nordic or maybe Canada or something, if it snows on the first day, it could be like that for a week or so because it's yeah, just... but it goes, it goes all manky like. Not not there as much as it does here. You know, it, it falls well, it heavy, does, heavy it and thick. It and hard. <laughs> so negative today. It's Blue Monday. It is Blue Monday. Um, yeah, to, be honest, to me, it's Blue fucking month because I'm... This is my last... I, I, should, I should have... Because I've been watching so much pornography. <laughs> This is a couple. Of, I, 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 in fact, believe that you are because, like, for the last three weeks in a row, you've just been constantly talking about pornography. Have I? I didn't realize there was a a trend forming. There is a common thread. Yes. Um, <laughs> for me, it's it's yeah, it's been Blue Month because I'm leaving Dublin. This is my last. Yeah, so I should apologize to listeners. There is hella background noise in my in my house at the moment. But there's just no other time that I, re- I could record. So I'm sorry for all the voices that you hear in the background. They're not in your head. They're in my upstairs bedroom. But no other time than now because I'm leaving Dublin this week and have suffered all of the stresses that come with that. How do you feel about leaving Dublin, Ireland? Uh, it has to be done. Now's a shit time to be in Dublin. So it's a good time not to be in Dublin to get out there, cut down on rent. And, and look, if you can't go anywhere... There's no point being in a city anyway, you know, it, it's fine. But juicy crust moving is difficult. And one of the most unpredictably difficult parts about it is moving boxes. I ordered a heap of moving boxes from uh, Jeff Bezos at the start of the month. And he gave me an email at the weekend saying, oh, yeah, those boxes that were supposed to arrive today you're not going to get them until after you've moved. Saz, babes, bye. Uh, so I've been in a mad scramble going around to like all the different Tesco's trying to get just any fucking screed of a box at all they could give me so I can put my shit into it and get it onto the moving van on Friday. And every time I go into a place, they say, oh, go talk to this person. And then this person says, oh, do you know what? Come back tomorrow morning. And I've just been given the ultimate fucking runaround. And boxes are, like, if you want to buy them, and uh, like I did from Amazon, they're fucking expensive. For something that you just get when you buy a product, boxes are expensive. They are weirdly expensive. I don't understand it. I mean, obviously, you're paying for quality boxes because you don't want ones that will fall apart on you, but still. Yeah, no, it's horseshit. Like, I, 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 to be honest, I got a reasonable deal on Amazon, but... I had to reserve some now from Argos just in case I can't get shit from Tesco. And it's like 50 quid for like 15 boxes. Most of them not that big. It's a lot, yeah. It's ridiculous. Con artists. And it all seems to be the same company. It's like there's just this one company that has a monopoly on fucking cardboard boxes. It's wild. They probably own the box factory. Well, maybe they do own the box factory. That could very well be it. Uh, Yep, maybe they do own the box factory. And that is, yeah, corporate interest, Bezos and his evil plans. Box binge. Box binge. I, I, look, I, I'm going to use this. Absolutely. It's all, it's, it's the only thing I have to talk about today because 
it's been my entire day before work this morning I went to one Tesco and they gave me the fucking run around and after lunch I went to two different Tescos and just now before we started recording I was in different shops just going give me your boxes please and yeah it's my like as I was getting the box this evening the manager of of the shop came over and was giving me boxes and someone who worked there ran over to her and started screaming at her those are my boxes you can't give them away I'm like Okay, I just want something to put my shit in. And have you much shit to move? See, it's it's more that it's hard to predict how many boxes you need or what size, you know, because you say you've got lots of books and they're going to take up fucking space. But then just trinkets that you accumulate uh, over a couple of years living in a place. And we know, well, whores will have their trinkets. So I've got I've got lots of shit that I don't know how much space or volume I need, but I want to be well covered. And how are you set up for where you're moving to? Grand. Uh, there'll be a bit. There'll be a bit of a tight space, but to be honest, I think just in terms for listeners of this thing, uh, it will make for a better sonic experience, and we won't have to keep pausing all the time when there's a baby crying or 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 noise in this uh, in this old Dublin household. I, I think it'll be um, a, a good a good thing to do. And how's work with this? Understanding. Fine. I mean, look, the whole world is, like we've spoken, the whole world is going remote at the moment. You know, it, it's hopefully the way the way the world is going to go. So uh, uh, thankfully, they've been very kind about it. Yeah, that's all good. All positive. Yeah, all positive. And onto another positive thing, just because we've uh, we've teased it already. Uh, yeah, like I said, Phil Spector died. And it's something I wanted to talk about because... I find him a fascinating character and because we have this platform we may as well why not uh, do you know would much you about say, Phil Spector would you consider yourself a big Phil Spector fan but this is what I want to get to because I know we've spoken about um, you know like cancel culture and separating art from artist uh, in the past so we don't have to kind of dwell too much on that but he is a prime figure in that you know that he he's got this body of work that's incredible, but he was a a real jerk. And is that what you like about him? Uh, no, that, that that's what makes me feel bad about about liking him so much. But there's that that two polar things is is one amazing mu- music, but on the other side of that coin, you know, shot a lady in the face. So many makes. <laughs> many mixed feelings ab- about it but for people who don't know ab- about him uh, Spectre was a real pioneer of, of music production and, and sound engineering in the 50s and 60s and kind of something of like a, a Svengali for especially female-led groups like the Ronettes or the Crystals like his big breakout hit as a producer was He's a Rebel by the Crystals uh, but probably more well-known just in the pantheon of music for uh, his work with Ronettes and Be My Baby. And, and he created that sound that we all know as, as defining the 50s and 60s and inspiring so much after that. Um, the Beatles, I would consider his working with the Beatles to have been. And Ike and Tina Turner. Largely, he, like he's... I would he's, consider those as the, the, big, the big ones. Uh, not quite. He's, he's mostly known for his, his kind of wall of sound... Uh, uh, 
recording techniques that, that he pioneered and you'd see more of that with the girl band he did like the Ronettes and, and like the Crystals uh, and maybe later a little bit with, with the with the Righteous Brothers but you're right he did work with the Beatles on uh, Let It Be they didn't love that album in fact John Lennon has gone on record saying it's pretty shit but he did work with John Lennon individually later on Imagine uh, and Plastic Ono Band and he did a fantastic job with that. He did Mountain High with Ike and Tina Turner. Um, he also worked, he recorded lot, You've Lost That Loving Feeling for the Righteous Brothers. One of the weirdest ones. Oh, and he also shot a woman in the face. He shot a woman in the face too. Uh, one of the weirdest ones was his work with the Ramones which you don't, you don't really think of someone so 50s and 60s like Phil Spector working with a punk band but a lot of their music and their sound and their chord progressions they use you can track like directly back to the work he had done uh, uh, to put in those roots anyway so in that thing it kind of makes sense Uh, I was going to talk a little bit about Wall of Sound but I mean people can google that we probably should talk about the, the shooting a lady in the face and being a royal bastard because this is where this interesting dichotomy comes in and by all accounts, he was a, a control freak who became like wildly un, like violent and, and unpredictable when he wasn't in control. Like his wife uh, from the Ronettes, Ronnie Spector, said he was not able to live and function outside of the recording studio. He's a real sociopath. In recording sessions, he held, he used to hold musicians at gunpoint. He loved his gun. He loved his gun. He held a gun to John Lennon's throat. He held the Ramones at gunpoint when I think they wanted to finish up a session. And he was like, do you know what? I'm going to shoot you if you don't keep playing. And he did the same to Leonard Cohen, who called him, I quote, worse than Hitler. Like a real pretty bad. A, a real, a real jerk, this guy. But yeah, onto the the killing uh, on the morning of February 3rd, 2003, which was far later than I thought it would be. I mean, Spectre would have been pretty old at this stage. He brought back the actress Lana Clarkson uh, to his mansion in California. And I guess it, it would just be speculation if we were to try and think about what happened in, in between there but she her body was found slumped over a chair uh, shot in the face with her teeth apparently all over the carpet and Spectre tried to say it was an accidental suicide and that she was kissing his gun but the prosecutors and and the ultimate kind of verdict of the case was that they had an an alcohol fueled row because she refused to have sex with him and the case itself set a precedent that usually uh, testimony won't be allowed from, say, previous victims. A lot of women came forward and said that he had also held them at gunpoint and got really, really violent when, when they didn't want to sleep with him either or, or when they didn't want to do what he said. And it was one of the, the first times, especially in such a large case, that the judge allowed them to speak uh, uh, so that they could set a precedent for how this couldn't have been an accident and how he had kind of previous you know uh it's it's a really it's a wild case he just shot her in the face i didn't mean that to rhyme he 
also had a bit of brain damage. Did he? He crashed his car and they thought he was dead in 1974. And except somebody found a pulse. So he was upgraded to being alive. Juicy crust. You'd think maybe he'd be better off if they hadn't, huh? Yeah, and he... But they were saying that that he did he damaged onto parts of his brain that 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 was probably something that might have contributed to his bizarre behavior. Well, I had that's a part of the reason why I think this is so interesting is because when someone is so influential, people always scramble for a reason to to brush someone being a shit off, you know, and as valid as that could be, it's, it's so interesting to see how we do this because I read different defenses of him saying that his dad died when he was very young and that messed him up, but he had a life of terrible bullying uh, from people in school and and also from his mother. So he, he had a very hard life and he used his music as a way to, you know, show the world, well, see, see this, I'm worth something and this is where I'm in control. So he always had that, that flair of, well, if I don't say what goes, then I'm going to get violent. Very much like a, like a stunted child, you know, throwing the toys out of the pram, except the toy was a gun. Yeah. I do think though, I think the, we look for, not more to excuse it, but to understand it. Because I think most people kind of, rationalize that this isn't a normal way of behaving so why why would someone be like that and you know they join dots then but you don't think it's harder when it's someone you've got a vested interest in supporting like like that their music becomes part of your identity and to well i like i wouldn't really consider having any vested interest in supporting phil Spector. I but I do But you know the way you loved that Jimmy Savile fella? <laughs> he used to he used to always fix it for me. Um <laughs> But you know there like there's there there's people out there who I mean, Bill Cosby is a huge huge example of that because he did some good things for, for black communities but was a pedophile and it you know, you re, it's really people did I get that wrong, or was he just uh, I thought he just sexual just abuse in general? Sexual abuse in general. I thought didn't think there was anything that way about him. I thought he was just he used to enjoy knocking out women. Okay, I had I I had thought that that was geared towards children, but no, my my mistake if that's wrong. Um, apologies to his lawyers. Uh, the the reason I like Phil Spector so much, but. but Besides this being uh, an interesting cognitive dissonance case is also just because I'm a huge fan of his wife, like I mentioned earlier, Ronnie Spector, who was the, the lead singer in the Ronettes and just one of my all time. Have you got those musician, musicians who you just you feel the need to see before they die? Oh, yeah. I, I go on a geriatric tour when I can. Yeah. Like you, you have one that I, I wish... I had seen is Paul Simon like that that list for me is Paul Simon uh who I missed his fucking last ever tour I guess when you went to see him Paul Simon Ronnie Spector Brian Wilson which we went to see together 
and David Byrne, who, who, who I was lucky enough to see. And, and but Ronnie Spector is a huge one on that for me, partly because of, of her singing Be My Baby, which is this definitive uh, Phil Spector wall of sound song. And, and probably the, well, in my opinion, the best song of, of that century. It's so iconic. But he treated her like an absolute bastard. And she put out a, a statement today that was pretty, pretty mixed. She said like nice things. She said it's it's a sad day for music and a sad day for me. Uh, when I was working with Phil, watching him create the recording studio, I, I knew I was working with the very best. He was in complete control, directing everyone. So much love about those days. Uh, she goes on saying pretty nice things. Uh, all she really says negative is, as I said many times when he was alive, he was a brilliant producer, but a lousy husband. And to give an example of what a shit husband he was, uh, except for the murder, he was probably the biggest shit to her. Uh, there was a significant age gap when they got married. And even in the early days, he was extremely controlling, both like emotionally and I believe physically. He would often point out to her a gold-plated coffin he kept in their basement that he threatened to have her placed in if she ever stepped out of line. Huh. And and would often take away her shoes so she couldn't run away from him. God, what an asshole. Yeah, right? Uh, it, it's awful bastard. So I thought, interesting topic to think about because he's leaving behind a body of work that will live on for such a long time. But I hope... We don't forget the real shit that he was uh, in that time too. <laughs> Something tells me we won't think of Phil Spector and not think that's a real piece of shit. <laughs> also, have you seen a picture of him with his wigs? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen him in wigs. Yeah, he's. Um, I would encourage anyone uh, listening to uh, just put in Phil Spector wig into the Google and look at the wig he wore to his his murder trial. It's like this massive white afro. It's so bizarre. He looks like a naughty professor. It's 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 surreal. I'm sorry I'm doing that now. It's Phil Spector wig. Oh yeah. Isn't that wild? He looks like he's been electrocuted. What an odd man! I, I would I would encourage everyone to um, look up look up the Ronettes and and some of the music he did. But keep in mind, yeah, not a not a nice man. Do you I have anyone like that you. that you that you like? But you you know, in your heart, you probably you probably should just close the book on them. See, like there is a kind of a thing of of. I'm able to separate mm. in my head who they are from what they've contributed to something. Like Kevin Spacey is fantastic example, yeah. Kevin Spacey is a I mean if you believe everything that is said about him and it very much seems like so many people said shit about him that that yeah, he was up to no good. Whatever, whatever it was he was at, he definitely had been up to no good. But yeah, Kevin Spacey, he what an actor, what an asshole too, apparently. 
<laughs> allegedly uh yeah he's to be honest he's a he's another one as well that i had been a huge fan of i, I think he's incredible talent um and then went off the rails and I, I don't think he's done it recently but do you remember him posting little videos in character as frank underwood they were insane what was he thinking <laughs> like really weird veiled threats that were like oddly well shot like he had brought in a a production team it was yeah it was wild that was yeah those were so such a bad idea Hmm. (laughs) because you couldn't help but feel he was um, he was evil watching them yeah yeah, there's one thing playing that character, you know, in a show where someone else writes the script. It's quite another thing just deciding, do you know what? I'm him now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely bizarre. Kevin Spacey. What a weird guy. A real jerk. Anyone else we can bad mouth? Well, I wouldn't class this as bad mouthing. I think it's good to kind of document these kind of things, especially when it's someone that people might not, you know, know very much about. Who else can we badmouth? Irish Prime Minister Michael Martin. Real jerk. Elvis Presley. Priscilla Presley was very young when he met her. That wasn't nice. Uh, Elvis, extremely unusual character. Seemingly didn't want to sleep with Priscilla for a very long time. Very obsessed with his own mother. So much so that he tried to get into her coffin when she died and she was kind of being waked. And I think that a lot of residual feelings about his mother is why he wouldn't sleep with with Priscilla for a long time but I can't I I can't for the life of me now remember why that what, what the link there was very unusual dude lovely voice though great singer though yeah, yeah, yeah. and those hips the way he used to move them <laughs> yes the uh, very much the dicky rock of his era except as we all know Elvis didn't have a rivalry with Johnny Logan <laughs> Did they have a rivalry? Well, I think we even talked about this in the podcast when it happened. Oh, have we? Oh, you're right. You yes, I don't remember it now, but I guess the good reason for people to go back and listen to old episodes. Yeah, someone was throwing shade at... Yeah, Johnny Logan said that Dickie Rock was nothing because he never met her outside of Ireland. That was pretty much it. And then Dickie Rock came back insulting and these two octogenarians were having to yeah. each other god yeah fuck just goes to show how long we've been doing this now that I had no memory of that at all my my favourite thing we, we brought up in terms of a feud was uh, Ronan Keating and Mike Tyson I always thought that was fantastic yeah I've been telling people about that in the interim as well yeah everyone yes. go back and listen to I think that the episode is just called Ronan Keating versus Mike Tyson or something he went up and slapped him in an airport and ran off was it Ronan Keaton? No, it wasn't. It was Brian McFadden. No, it was Ronan Keaton. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was Brian McFadden. Who, of course, I'm sure he's... Ronan Keaton. <laughs> were. Seemingly, the Boyzone fellas kind of only... Like, they found out they were getting the axe because Westlife were becoming a thing. I think while they were in Tokyo... It, it seemingly the story is that like Louis Walsh just kind of started 
ignoring them and and they were on tour and they they heard the news oh there's this huge new boy band to be called Westlife coming and and they knew once they got back to Ireland their days were numbered I remember Keith Duffy and one of the other ones had formed a two-person rap troupe in uh, for a brief period and I remember part of their rap was Westlife get a life. Oh no! Oh dear! Do you know what? The, I think the, whatever way you're editing this, you should fade the episode out with a little clip of that song. That would be I delicious. Don't know, I don't know whether it, that is something I would be able to even attain. I think they were so underground, so radical for the time that that people just didn't get them. Uh, I know I keep bringing him up on, on this show, but Dustin the Turkey, notorious bigot Dustin the Turkey, had a great joke about Mikey Graham from from well, Boys Own. That was who was the rapper, I think, Mikey Graham. Oh, Keith maybe. Duffy. Well, I would have said Shane Lynch was a more... Oh, maybe. I get him all ...ample myself. character for that. But there was talks of Boys Own getting back together or doing a reunion concert. And... Uh, Dustin said, I hope Supermax will give Mikey Graham the day off so he can do it. <laughs> That's quite funny. Which <laughs> is such a sick burn. <laughs> ah. Well, Adam, our time is up. Let us go. And Stephen, don't go shooting women in the face. We'll call that plan B. <laughs> B. Have a great evening. Uh, enjoy your move I will do my best and next time we speak I will be in a geographically different place excellent good luck Adam take care